Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to follow up on any of the stories that I'm about to share. Let's go to our first story of the week. Anti-LGBT bias and racism are bad for health. A new study led by Devin English found that in states with higher indicators of structural racism and anti-LGBT policies, black sexual minority men were more likely to drink heavily, to experience anxiety, and to see themselves as a burden to others. Queer black men were also less likely to get tested for HIV in states that had more anti-LGBT policies. The results show how policies and structural biases can directly impact health. They also show how it's really important that we look at intersectionality and think about the specific needs of LGBT people of color, um, which may be different than kind of a sum of parts scenario where, you know, they're, they're of course not just experiencing racism and just experiencing anti-LGBT bias. They're experiencing those two things coming together in a unique way. So this is a great study to see. I'm really looking, uh, I thought pretty interestingly um, at, some of these things that can be hard to kind of quantify, you know, they, they looked at different factors about how, how can we maybe uh, make a scale of, of structural racism in a state and make a scale about these policies. That's a hard thing to do. So this was definitely a study that was worth checking out. Next up, celebrating International Asexuality Day. ABC 10 marked the first ever International Asexuality Day, which took place this month to bring awareness to asexuality and other related identities such as demisexual. Advocates say that asexual individuals are disproportionately young, meaning, just like non-binary and queer identities, that the population of people who identify this way will probably continue to grow as, um, as you know, youth um, <laughs> become adults and, and uh, more youth come in to replace them. And uh, as we've seen over the past few decades, the, the diversity of LGBTQ plus identities grows. Asexual folks have reported higher levels of discrimination and mental health issues compared to other folks in the community. Um, so not only is this an important um, identity to understand and to acknowledge because it's a growing portion of the population, but it's also important because like a lot of other um, identities that aren't as well recognized uh, by public policy and by, by um, even within the LGBTQ plus community, you know, the, the, this uh, population of folks who identify as asexual um, and on that spectrum um, face additional barriers to accessing services and getting recognition and overcoming stigma. Next up, new clinic focuses on sex workers. Gacy News reported on a free health clinic launched by Callan Lord Community Health Center and trans activist Cecilia Gentili that will provide holistic care to sex workers in New York. The goal of the program, which is completely free to those participating and is currently funded through June, is to connect members of this population who often encounter stigma and other barriers to care, and who also face a lot of health disparities, to access kind of a, a wide variety of health services in one place, which I think is really um, interesting and could be a really interesting um, model. Next up, LGBT care options grow. 
nearby geographically as well as related uh, in terms of content. Out in Jersey reported on the growing number of LGBT-focused health programs in New Jersey, which have begun to fill gaps that LGBT folks have often been encountering over the years in accessing inclusive and competent care. Many of the programs are offshoots of larger health systems that serve the general population, which is seems like it's been a trend recently that, you know, uh, I, I don't know, 10 years ago, most of the LGBT-focused health programs were kind of standalone programs, and now we're seeing a growing number of um, healthcare providers start LGBT-specific programs, which I think is great. Common services offered by the programs that they cover in the article were things like gender-affirming care, HIV and STI testing and treatment, and mental health services. All of these, of course, things that um, LGBT folks have specific needs and uh, often encounter you know, bias or just have a hard time accessing from general service providers. Our next story looks at trans youth transitioning care. A study led by TriFam explored how trans youth moved from pediatric to adult care and found many barriers um, existed with respect to issues such as insurance problems and patients not feeling ready to make that change. Study participants identified ways to improve such transitions, including by having referrals from trusted sources, which I think is so critical, and also building patient independence over time so that patients really feel empowered that they're you know, making care decisions and that it's, it's going to be okay for them to move um, from their pediatrician uh, to you know, a, a primary care provider for adults. The authors also called for more collaboration between providers and families um, as these transitions of care occur. And finally, for this week, policy could boost fertility options. WBEZ reported on legislation in Illinois that would require insurers to cover fertility treatment for anyone who is eligible, rather than limiting such coverage to different sex couples, which puzzlingly and kind of shockingly is currently the case. The bill could make a big difference in the lives of prospective LGBT parents who often have little to no benefits through their insurance, thus leaving them to foot enormous costs if they seek to have children. I know that you know some uh, employers often uh, offer limited fertility benefits to folks, which really just underscores the fact that so little is covered by by insurance. And of course, um, for a lot of folks, you know, having a high um, a high cost for these treatments is just prohibitive. So um, this will definitely be interesting to follow and to see if other states may follow suit. That concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can head to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to uh, read any of the stories that I've just referenced. And as always, don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of the Roundup.